Hello and welcome to another edition of The Tigers Down Under. I'm your host as always, Alex, and with me tonight I have Dan. How are you, Dan? Uh, yeah, I'm managing all right. I'm yeah. keen to talk about, um, I guess, talk about the forwards. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a very strange time at the moment. The days sort of blend together. You never really know what day of the week it is, but it is a Thursday when we're recording this episode. Um, and as Dan said, we are going to be talking today about the city forwards for the season uh, to round out our review of the 2019-2020 squad. Um, it's an interesting bunch, and I sort of noticed as I was putting the list together today that um, when it comes to transfer fees, we haven't really shelled out a whole lot of money for our forwards, which is sort of an odd thing because I think, I guess you normally associate the forwards with, you know, if you're going to spend money on someone, you're going to fork out a bit of money on a, on a forward. And, and granted, we have Dicko, who's out on loan, who cost us $3.5 But other than him, um, we're starting with Tom Eaves, who was signed in the summer from Gillingham on a free transfer, um, which is sort of a common theme with a few of these players. But he's, I guess, been the leading forward for the season with 35 appearances in all competitions. Um, 18 starts, 13 subs in sub appearances in the league is probably the uh, the main stat there to look at. But he scored eight goals, which a higher return from your leading forward um, with only the three goals in uh, sorry the five goals in the league and then three in a hat trick in the FA Cup. But um, I guess he's one of those frustrating ones, and we always seem to have forwards like this that divide opinions. Where he might not necessarily be scoring a whole lot of goals, but his his build-up play and his work around the ground and, and holding the ball up and everything like that, everything else seems to be working really well for him. It's just finishing things off that is sort of letting him down a little bit at the moment. Yeah, I think um, you sort of hit it on the head there, but everything else, I was I was always really impressed with you know his work ethic and, and what he was doing on the ball, just disappointed in, in the lack of end product. I guess like maybe he whether whether it was intentional or not but maybe if he was playing more of uh i guess like a false number nine instead mm. of like a, a a proper number nine then the stats probably reflect that sort of position more with with the work that he was doing and bringing in you know the, the wide players that we're not mentioning <laughs> um but yeah i think um it probably overall has been the, the return goal returns pretty disappointing. I think um, may, maybe you know I guess it's first season at this level, uh, but in saying that, thirty five games and and never never really looked like he was going to get into a goal scoring run. I th- but I think realistically, uh, um, I think next season's probably going to be a make or break for him if he can't improve on his return from this season next year. Then. As much as I like him, maybe he's not quite cut out for this level. Yeah, definitely. And um, I, I think I think it's a good point you make. I think obviously towards the start of the season when we had Bowen and Grzycki inside, they were scoring a lot of the goals. He was just sort of there to assist and there to help create those opportunities for them. Um, it, it's going to be, I guess, an interesting one depending on what league we end up in at the end of the season because he, he's obviously shown his his talents at the lower level. He, he was, I think, one of the most prolific goal scorers in England over the last few seasons um, in his League One form. So 
It's an interesting one. Um, obviously, you'd, you'd, you'd want him to have come on a little bit more, but you know, like his first goal for us against Sheffield Wednesday was obviously quite a quite a quality goal. Uh, he does have those flashes of talent in him. It's just, I mean, look, he just needs to sort of get on a bit of a run of scoring and um, and see what happens. But you know, first season at this level, sort of getting up to speed, sort of. Um, Getting a getting getting a sense of the the level of the opposition he's been facing week in week out. Who knows? Maybe you know another preseason under his belt. Next season he comes out and uh, really hits the ground running in his second season. Um, another player that we actually recruited from League One on, on another free transfer was Josh Magennis, um, who we brought in from Bolton, and he. You know, he was a decent second option to to Eves at times. Um, he he certainly has a lot of passion. I think. I think was it two red cards that he two straight red cards that he he's um, been dealt uh, this season. So uh, doesn't leave a whole lot out on the pitch at least. Um, but with only the three uh, three league goals for the season, um, not a great return from fourteen starts in the league. No, I think of those three, are two penalties. Yes, something like that. Um, so. There's that as well. But, yeah, I think, uh, I don't know, he's similar to Eves, I think, has had moments where he's looked really impressive and, and an odd game here or there where you go, oh, wow, he's really pushing a case for for that first first striker, first-team first, first team striker. But uh, And then the red cards and just some weird, silly things that he does and, and sort of lets you down. He's He's been a bit of a mixed bag um, overall. I mean, I probably haven't been really impressed and I guess it's again you know we're looking at the forwards and we're looking at these goal rates and and they're, they're pretty pretty poor um for our, for our first two most experienced forwards that that we have um so yeah yeah not not great from them but I guess in on the more promising side of things we do have a couple of younger players who have also been um, up forward for City this season, um, starting, I guess, with the most promising of the three, which is Keane Lewis-Potter. And um, Coming into this season, Lewis-Potter, to me, reminded me a lot of the hype or the excitement around Jared Bowen um, coming into our first season back in the championship under Slutsky, where he, he looked pretty promising over pre-season. There'd been a little bit of talk about him at the end of last season as well. And you know, not a whole lot is expected of him as quite a young player. But if he was able to get some game time this season, I remember talking at the start of this season, just sort of saying, "Look, if he can get a certain number of games this season, just get that experience. That's sort of the main thing for him." And look, he's he's certainly looked really bright and really promising whenever he's played. And I guess the most surprising thing for me doing the research for this episode was I couldn't believe he'd only made one league start for the season. You know, he, he's been around the side quite a bit. He scored the three goals, which is really great. Uh, sorry, two goals, I think it is. But um, to, to not have more starts under his belt is a little bit surprising. I thought he might have gotten a little bit more of an opportunity, especially once Bowen and Grzycki went and we were sort of experimenting with that front three a little bit more. Um, but I guess there's a combination of injuries and just form or... Um, not really suiting the style that McGann's wanted to play against a certain team, perhaps. But I have no doubt he'll have plenty more opportunities from next season. Um, yeah, I think of the forwards for the year, um, he's probably the the one that's most excited me. Um, I guess just another homegrown talent coming through. 
um, that the 95th minute equaliser or whatever it was, mm. uh, that header that he scored, um, you know, to to score a goal like that at that point in the game, you know, at, with such little experience and stuff, um, you know, shows he's got a he's got some smarts about him. And I think also what's really taken me is how much attention he's actually been getting from the opposition defence. They've really been he's been hammered quite a few times in in you know in his fourteen appearances, um, some really really nasty challenges. Um, and but to his credit, he's just you know got up and, and shaken that off and, and carried on. But he's looked um, he's looked quite promising and very dangerous. And I think if he'd have had you know I think he deserves he deserves more 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 opportunities, and I'm sure they will come for him. I think the thing that always strikes me as, as utterly bizarre about him is I think I saw an article in the Hull Daily Mail a few months ago when he was really sort of starting to make his mark on the side and he was talking about obviously growing up as a city supporter and given he's only, what, 18 or 19, of course for him, growing up as a city supporter is, oh, growing up under the Bruce era and watching the Premier League side and all of that sort of thing and it makes me think, geez, you know, I'm getting bloody old when there's this this 18-year-old kid saying this was his childhood watching, uh, you know, city stars like Curtis Davies and uh, <laughs> Shane Long and so on, those guys. I'm like, geez, that doesn't feel that long ago for me. Yeah, it's, um, I think... I think that just adds to how impressive he is in a way because... When when we it's, I didn't even I didn't even think about how young yeah. he really, he is, but then like you bring it up and you go well actually like some of those things to be so 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 young and so and inexperienced and everything and you know he's if he, at that age he's still got growing you know he's still got physicality and and growth to come over the next few years, um, which is only going to add you know to his presence and and hopefully add to his ability to score more goals for City. Yeah, definitely. And and look, I sort of joke about it, but I think it's actually really great that there's this era of uh, City youngsters coming through now who who really who grew up on the side as essentially a Premier League club and it sort of it's it, it's great to see that there'll be a whole lot more players coming through or there's a, an entire generation coming through now that that are used to City as this sort of top level club, this this big club, you know, small by Premier League region and and certainly a lot um a, a much larger club than we were 10, 15, 20 years ago, um, which will hopefully help with the mentality of these players coming through, that they're not going to come through and just see it necessarily as a stepping stone or necessarily see it as a small-time club, but really see it as, I want to come into the club, I want to get them back to where they belong up in the up in the Premier League. So, um, look, you know, you see it in... Uh, there's a handful of players we've already t- touched on this season who, who've come through the ranks, and hopefully there'll be several more over the next couple of seasons. Um, but uh, moving on to another one of our young wingers who we have on loan from Barnsley, which is Malik Wilkes. And he's an interesting one, I guess, because we, I think, we came pretty close to signing him in the summer. I, I, I kind of, I'm unsure how close we really came because there was all of those, all of that talk about the uh, the fee that we'd apparently offered Leeds to sign him and, and like sort of raised my eyebrows a little bit at the potential for us paying out a six-figure or seven-figure fee for him um, necessarily at this moment. But uh, we did eventually get him on loan in January and he's made 10 appearances for us. And he, he did get on a little bit of a roll. He's, he scored the three league goals for us. And I do remember just before our form really hit a slump, 
he was looking quite promising. He was scoring quite important goals. And, and as I, I remember saying at the time when we signed him in January, he, he strikes me as that sort of confidence player. And, and, and he was getting on that role. He was scoring the goals. He was getting involved. Um, and you just kind of felt like if that was going to continue, that would be really helpful for him. Yeah, I think um, the f- the first couple of appearances, um, he, uh, he looked underdone. To be honest, he didn't seem to offer a, a great deal and and, mm. and everything. But um, once he sort of picked up that fitness and started figuring out, you know how how the team worked, he um, he did start to to um, show showcase his ability and his skills and um you know did did contribute with a couple of important goals and i think you're right in saying that he looked he was starting to look like he was a a more dangerous proposition and we've he had shown previously you know that he has ability so it was just i guess it was unfortunate you know another player that was unfortunate the season sort of uh, is ended or yeah yeah, that that it um has went the way it did because I think, you know, with another, what do we have left? About 10 games or something, a little bit less, yes, 9 or 10 games yeah. to go or something. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to have seen him add a few more to that, actually. Is he one that you'd look at signing permanently in the summer if we were able to? I think um, I think it really would depend on the, f- on the figure that's mm. attached to that. I'm not really sure what that is, but if it was a reasonable number... Um, I, uh, if you'd asked me, you know, after the first couple of few games, the first four or five games, I probably wouldn't have wouldn't have been interested. But I, you know, it might be he might be worth um, he might be worth a punt, um, so to speak. I think um, he he is showing start was starting to show some stuff for us, and I think um, he could be a good option, um, you know, moving forward. Another young, young, skillful, powerful, quick player. Yeah, and he certainly didn't seem wanted at Barnsley. I think he'd only made the one appearance for them, so <laughs> clearly didn't um, didn't light the place on fire there. Um, another player that we signed in January was Martin Samuelson, who came in from West Ham, um, who effectively, I guess, swapped clubs with uh, Jared Bowen. He made five appearances for us, um, two starts in the league, two sub-appearances, and then one sub-appearance in the FA Cup. And he's shown flashes of promise he's a very skillful quick player um which is sort of interesting given his size and and stature but um he's one who really you know with another preseason under his uh, under his belt and sort of settling into the side a little bit more i know he sort of struggled with a few injuries um he's i guess probably the most exciting out of most potential um out of the signings that we've made um, I guess it's just a question of, you know, some of these players can go one of two ways. The, the more flashy, te- uh, skillful players, um, whether he can sort of settle in, um, get the get the experience, get the get the confidence going, get some goals behind him and some assists and, and creativity, um, or else he'll sort of, you know, uh, I guess fluctuate in and out of the side and, 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 and not have a real impact because... He's not the sort of player who you're going to have in the side just to be a link-up player, like a even like a Jackson Irvine, really. Um, he's more someone that you really need to get some sort of return from. Yeah, he's, um, he's one that definitely I was um, quite exci- excited um, to see how he would come on in the second half of the, of the season. I mean, because I think, if I'm right, he's actually got quite a few appearances for... Is it... Is it Norway? Norway, he's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's. I think he's. 
got like more than a handful and he's only 20 or something um which is you know quite impressive um in itself and i think west ham's um they've got a, a decent academy there have produced some good players so um yeah he was one that i was interested excited um i think a couple of injuries sort of uh meant that we didn't really get to see a lot of him um mm. but I'm certainly looking forward to um, seeing how he develops over the next uh, season or so. Definitely. Um, and then I guess last is Norbert Baloch, our free agent signing from Italy. Uh, he, he seemed, you know, he had a relatively promising start. I remember he played in an under-23s game against Leeds and scored a, a brilliant goal, which is always something you like to see. Um, and then came in for his senior debut against Forrest, I think. And, and unfortunately, uh, in what appeared at the time to be a bit of time-wasting, actually ended up being a rather serious injury, and he was out for a while. But, um, yeah, look, I think it probably hasn't worked out for him. It was a bit of a punt on a reasonably experienced player at a reasonably cheap price on a one-year deal. And, and unfortunately, injuries and form and everything else probably just haven't worked together in any way for him and, and he'll probably leave the club at the end of the season, I would think. Yeah, I was, um, I was, I was hoping probably for a bit more, but I guess that's just, you know, injuries counted against him. Um, as you said, he had some moments, um, for the under 23s. He looked, um, you know, had some flashes of, of, um, I don't know flashes there he looked dangerous in in patches in the in his few appearances in in the first team but I think overall um you're probably right not just uh, circumstances have gone against him and I think you're probably right that we um he probably won't extend yeah absolutely so I guess looking looking at that group of forwards it's it's a relatively small group of forwards um especially now that um Jared Bowen and, and Kamel Grzycki have left the club and um, I suspect, you know, looking at that list, you look at the the, the goal return, the assists, um, it, it's quite depressing when you stack it all up because between all of those players, so it's that one, two, three, four, five, six players, they have 13 goals and four assists for the season and on his own, Jared Bowen had 16 goals and seven assists, so vastly outweighed them just as a single player. So, uh it's actually quite remarkable when you look at it like that and you look at the the return that we had from Bowen in, you know, just a bit over half a season um, and really underlines the, the crucial role he was playing for us, which makes it very unfortunate that he left the club. But, um, yeah, I guess it, it just, looking at that stat, it's just it just underlines the task that Mechanic has to get ahead of him to really rebuild the club um, with Bowen's departure. Yeah, it's 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 pretty grim grim um sort of numbers there but i I think it's sort of even without having the specific numbers we sort of knew i I probably knew that it was some that it was pretty severe um like look just looking at who who we had and and what how bowen had contributed before he left but i think yeah it's disappointing um overall but i think you know now that he's you know jared bowen's gone now he's uh, a fond part of our history but i think you know we'll just we'll, we have to move move mm. on and move forward and um i guess you know we'll see what happens um with whether this season gets to resume at any point or whether it's whether we're just looking ahead to the to the to next season but um 
you know, we'll, I think we'll, we'll find we'll, someone will, will fill that void or a few people will fill that, fill that void. I think we'll be fine in the long run. Um, it just, uh, it's still just a little bit, a little bit sore at the moment. Absolutely. So, um, obviously over the last few episodes, we've looked at the defenders, we've looked at the midfielders, now we've looked at the forwards. Um, from the defenders, we selected uh, Long, Elder and Device as probably our three contenders for player of the season. From the midfield, we selected Stewart and Lopez. Between them, as well as any of the forwards, I mean, looking at them, I, I would say maybe you would suggest Lewis Potter on promise. Maybe you would look at Eves on effort. Um, but there's not a whole lot to select from this list. Overall, taking those three defenders, two mids into account, who, who would you have as your player of the season? Um, player of the season. Uh, look, in terms of the, if you the best of the forwards, I mean, I'd probably go Eves, Lewis Potter, and then I, to be honest, it's it's probably a coin flip between Magennis and Wilkes for me. Mm. Um, like, you know. I just think Wilkes is only on more potential um, versus experience, I guess. But overall, it's definitely not going to be one of the forwards in the best <laughs> in the player of the season, uh, unfortunately. Um, as much as I am a fan of Eves, um, probably Device is probably mm. my pick. I think. I think just we we talked about and how um, how significant he is and the like just the different statistics that went with when he played and when he didn't and the wins yeah. and losses and things it was he just was is, is such an important part of of this team and i think it would be hard to um to forego him for player of the season yeah no i absolutely agree he was going to be my choice as well i think device even though he's missed chunks of the season through injury i think in some ways that almost heightens his importance to the side because it just becomes so apparent when he's not in the side that the, the impact that he has um, I think between his ability, between his um, his his sort of um, commanding presence of the side, bringing everyone together, I think you can't really go past him as the uh, as the player of the season. But I think it really underlines just how bare the squad is at the moment. That um, you know he's probably played half the games of this for the season, um, and he's almost head and shoulders above the second best player of the season. I think. So, um, yeah, a little bit depressing, but, yeah, I'd conclude that, yes, you're, you, I, I would agree with you on uh, Device's player of the season um, in that respect. Um, okay, well, just before we wrap up, I did want to touch on, because normally um, I would sort of try and cover the news uh, on every alternate week, but because this was such a large story, I did think I'd, I'd, I'd touch in with you on um, your thoughts as well, because during the week we've had it leaked that Hull are the first club to write to the EFL to really sort of appeal for the championship season to be ended and to be declared null and void, I believe. I don't I don't actually know if we're saying that the promotion places should get promoted, the relegation places should get relegated, or if we're saying everything should just be voided and we can't, we come back in uh, in August and we go again. But what what are your thoughts seeing that news and um, I guess knowing that we're the first club to come out and really voice our concerns and and have that um, in writing? Um, there's a small part of me that goes, oh, the Alums are being the first <laughs> to like make make a statement about the way that it, like the the championship should be run. That doesn't really surprise me, um, but I think 
it's a pretty complicated like scenario the whole deal and when you look at um like the premier league clubs have resumed like small group training and they've already had like at a several i think a couple of clubs have got new cases of of covid19 appearing i mean it's a pretty it's pretty interesting it's just a wild time i guess and i i mean yeah i don't i guess like without knowing the full specifics of 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 what they've laid out in their letter and what they've proposed but um like as disappointing as as it would be for me as a fan to to not be able to watch any more championship action this season um there is a point where you're going well if if a new season's supposed to start in august we're almost at june where do we find time yeah. to to fit those games in and then have a pre like let them have a break before or like you know or is it supposed to or are we just starting a new like yeah just not sure how it would all go because if you just tried to make the then play this and then start the new season does the pfa then get in and say well you know we're supposed to have a break at this time and and, and like there's just so many layers to to this whole um situation that um is it's, it's well above my pay grade to be honest. <laughs> it's a really interesting one because um you know it's hard not to look at the alums letter and think of course the fact that we're one point one place above the the relegation places our you know no wins since the first of january um there's a lot of factors to say that there's ulterior motives to wanting the season suspended or cancelled but you also look at as you say you look at premier league players starting to contract the virus premier league players expressing their concern with going back to to playing football um it's a it's a really difficult one i don't think there's a right answer here i don't think it's it's it, you can't void the season and say that was absolutely the correct decision and the right thing to do because there's so many ordinary people that whose income relies on their ability to you know the kit man the the ball boys the whoever's that would still be involved even behind closed doors who are relying on income from football that you know, everyone sort of looks at the players and the managers and thinks, well, they don't necessarily need the football because they've got their income, they're fine. But, you know, there's so many other people relying on it that it becomes such a difficult decision to avoid it. But then, as we're saying, to, to bring it back, there's all sorts of risks as well. So, um, look, it's going to be a very interesting couple of weeks. It's going to be a very interesting uh, time in 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 history really to look at what's going to happen going forward because the elephant in the room is even if the season gets voided and they say okay we're going to come back in august not everything might not be better in august it might be worse in august so we might be here for another 12 months waiting for football to resume it might be 18 months it might be whatever you know if there's no vaccine ever discovered at what point do we say okay well this is the acceptable level of risk or do we just say that's it (laughs) professional sport as we know it is gone so Look, it's uh, it's 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 crazy times. Yeah, it's uh, it certainly is. I think um, I guess when you talk about the alums and and whether they have ulterior motives for for avoiding the season, I think that that's just a factor that's going to come into to every every club's going to have their own opinion, and it's all going to be based on their own particular circumstance. You know, like Leeds and West Brom are certainly not going to be worried about about us and, and or Barnsley or anything like that and how the seasons mm. how they want the season to end and how that was going to affect us they're only going to want you know 
that they're just going to be talking about ensuring that they get promotion. You know, like it's just, it's. I mean, if it's just a matter of circumstance, and our circumstance is that, in our best interest, would be for the season to void and for yeah. us to not get relegated. So that's <laughs> what we're pushing for, which, you know, is fine. I have no, I don't really have a problem with that because you've got to look after, try and look after yourself somehow. We can't can't do it on the pitch anymore at the moment. So yeah. it's the the Allens are trying to do what they what they can um you know as you say many people will won't agree with it but it it is what it is and um we'll just have to wait and see how it all plays out absolutely well uh thank you for joining me tonight dan it's been um it's been good to look back in in some ways it's been good to look back at the squad and reflect on the season in other ways it's been a little bit depressing yeah it's um i don't know i guess we'll just look i'm looking forward to to, to a time where we can actually watch some football yeah. again and, and just have some uh, some something specific to talk about this is very um it's it's hard it's hard to talk about when there's when there's nothing happening yeah absolutely so we we will um be ending the season with this episode pending of course any resumption of football so um stay tuned if there is any football to be played we will we will we will of course be covering those games um, but otherwise, we'll be back when um, when the next season begins, whenever that may be. So thanks again for joining me, Dan. No worries. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Until next time, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. Going higher and higher There's no turning back Cause you're out